with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Lens S and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Lens S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit lenses.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Megan Markle speaks out on what she calls a calculated smear campaign. CBS News correspondent Deborah Rodriguez has the latest on the British royal tangle. After this week's claim she bullied aides at Kensington Palace, Markle offers her views in a new clip from her interview with Oprah. I don't know how they could expect that after all of this time, we would still just be silent if there is an active role that the firm is playing in perpetuating falsehoods about us. The Duchess says she's not worried about speaking out. If that comes with risk of losing things, I mean, I've there's a lot that's been lost already. The full interview airs Sunday on CBS. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. After Dr. Seuss Enterprises announced it would stop publishing some of his books because of racist or insensitive imagery, they've become bestsellers. 11 of the top 12 books on Amazon's bestseller list. I'm Cammie McCormick, CBS News. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You could save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 866-88-BIBLE. That's 866-88-BIBLE. 866-88-BIBLE. The Trumbull Tomcats head to the district finals for their third consecutive year as they defeated Peebles 64-56. Their opponent will be Fairfield as the Lions defeated Federal Hawking 62-49. Athens County postseason basketball is brought to you by Larry's Doghouse, Steak and Shake, Snyder, Fuller, and Stroh. State Farm Insurance Agency, Agent Shauna Stump, and Wendy's of Athens. Here are the district final game between the Tomcats and the Lions starting at 645 on 105.5 FM and online at WXTQ.com slash Power 105. The thing about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. We probably don't even need the words, the Name Your Price tool, to tell you that our humpback whale pup gives you options based on your budget. Or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance. And that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles. At this point, you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive northern bobcat. The Name Your Price tool. <coughs> the neighbor who baked you banana bread. Only from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, that, that meeting starting at 4. Can I get those projections? Indeed knows unexpected growth can stretch your business thin. Karen, do these numbers look right to you? Like at Mia's research firm. To hit client deadlines, she needs to get started hiring right, right away. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. And the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply. Are you ready for an upgrade for your home? 
Then check out Superior Renovations in Albany for all your home improvement needs. Superior Renovations is a family-owned business of over 20 years specializing in bathroom and kitchen remodelings. Superior Renovations is committed to superior quality and results. For your free estimate, call 740-517-8795. Great references and great prices available for your next project. Superior Renovations, 27480 Old State Route 346 in Albany. Since 1972, Danim Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it is dedicating a line for your computer, running all new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Danim Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Danim Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Dan Inman Electric, 740-593-8813. The next great flavor from Wendy's is here. The new jalapeno pepper chicken sandwich and salad. All the jalapeno pepper flavor you love with our famous spicy chicken. You've never tasted anything like this because at Wendy's, we go all in on flavor. With ingredients like jalapeno, shredded pepper jack cheese, and crispy oven-baked bacon. If it sounds delicious, just wait until you see it. Download the Wendy's app for delivery on this great new flavor and more today. We got you. Participating Wendy's delivery may vary by location. Prices may be higher than the restaurant. Delivery fees may apply. This time of the year, the weather changes quickly. And when you want to know about the school closings, you'll get them on Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Listen every morning from 6 till 8.30 for the complete list that affects you. The school closings on WATH is brought to you by Ohio Health Oblenis Hospital. Believe in we. The school closings when you want them on your center for winter weather information. Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. I-N-E-P-T Inept Tech 2468 Who do we appreciate? Oysters! Oysters! Raw! 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 Well, Coach Turf, your inept football team is 0-1 this season, but you've got another game coming up this week against Indiana Orthopedic University. Another road game, another chance to get into the win column. First, uh, what kind of team does IOU have? Well, they do have a real fine ball team. You know, they got some real fine offensive players, and they got some real fine defensive players, and they've got some real fine players on their special team, so what they do have is a real fine ball team. And I do want to point out to all the fans Hey, we're not taking them lightly because uh, even though we feel like they owe us a victory after last year's ball game. Well, what happened last year, Coach? Well, we was uh, driving for the tying touchdown there late in the ball game last year when one of their linebackers, old Skull Swenson, he made one of his patented bone-jarring hits on our running back, Fumbles Freeman. Well, everybody remembers old Fumbles. He fumbled, and they picked it up and run it in for a touchdown, and we never did catch up. And they had that play on TV all over the country. It was I a play, that, coach. play yeah, of the day and everything. And, I saw uh, that, yes. And uh, oh, uh, IOU put it in their highlight film this year. And after I hit, Swanson went to painting the skull and crossbones on his helmet every time he made a hit like that. So you feel like you owe them one this year. Well, that's right. You know, Coach Mara, he's got a fine ball team, though. Uh, you know, fine offense. He's got a fine defense. And I know they're going to give us a fine test out there. And we're going to have to be on our toes if we want to beat them. Well, Coach, does your scouting report include the names of any specific players to watch out for, in addition, of course, to Swenson, that hard-hitting linebacker? Well, that's right. You know, they got a running back name of uh, Swivel Hips Porter, and I understand that he's so exciting, he sends chills up your spine. And then they got that field goal kicker name of uh, True Toe Thompson. He didn't miss a field goal or an extra point all last year. We'll be back with more from Coach Art Turf 
in just a moment. And it's a pleasure to have the Albany Cafe uh, sponsor the Art Turf Show. It, it, it's a fine cafe. Well, Coach Turf, I know your team must have taken a bit of a pounding in that loss to SOS last week. What about your team? Are all the regulars healthy enough to start? Well, that's right. You know, we did take a pounding not only on the scoreboard, but down on the football field. And, you know, whenever ball game, you boys uh, come up with them scrapes and bruises and them cuts that they got to just heal over and, uh, and uh, come back. We take a licking but keep on ticking. They just come back for practice the next week and, and uh, get on with the ball game at hand. And our trainer, Scrape Simpson, tells me that we're in pretty fine shape all over except maybe the starting safety position, old Stubby Simmons, which is a pretty big hole for us in case he can't play because he's a holder on the field goal team. And if we have to kick a field goal, we're going to have to find somebody else to take his place. I understand from the injury report list that Scrape has got Stubby listed as a BL3. A BL3. What's that, Coach? Well, near as I can figure from old Scrape's code book here, he's either got a broke leg in three places or he's got three broke legs. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. Without it, I don't know. Good morning, folks. Welcome. Beautiful sunshine booming through our windows this morning. Showing very pleasant 37 degrees right now. Going to go on up to, uh, what, 46 or so. And that's kind of the way it looks the next few days. Although next Tuesday, they're saying 62. Yowza. Good morning, folks. Welcome. Uh, Plenty of information today. I want to start out kind of on a somber note. Um, Kenner Bush. Kenner Bush was the publisher of the um, Athens Messenger for many years. His father before him, his grandfather before him. And wait a minute, let me turn on your mic. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. What Good morning. Say? 102 years. Yes, the, the, the ownership and operation of um, the um, Athens Messenger that family had. Uh, Kenner died, um, I think it was last Sunday. Um, I learned about it on Monday. And I certainly wanted to bring it up, but on the other hand, I felt in... Um, it wasn't my necessarily my place to do so until it officially was announced. And uh, so sometime in the last 24 hours, the obituary was published. 
Kenner was born in 1934, the middle of the year, roughly July 30th, 1934. And as I said, he died on February 28th, 86 years of age. I often had coffee with Kenner across the street, those of you that remember the Perkins Pancake House, where, um, what is that gas station now over there? Valero? Oh, yeah, Valero. Okay. Yeah. Right here across from the radio station. There used to be a Perkins Pancake House. And each morning, um, my dad and I and Kenner and others would sort of gather up there and uh, have a cup of coffee and discuss the matters of the day. Um, I have in front of me the Jagers and Sons Funeral Home obituary. It's well written, of course. Active in community in Ohio University Affairs and Regional Development throughout his 32-year career as publisher of the Athens Messenger. Kenner Bush retired with the sale of the newspaper in 1997. His family owned and operated the Messenger for, as Scott mentioned earlier, 102 years. Under his leadership, building upon the work of his father and his grandfather before him, the Messenger was an influential voice in representing the interests of Athens and southeastern Ohio. The building where the messenger is today is one that he built. Messenger um, have been located uh, on West Union Street. Uh, it's now a university building. Yeah, I think it's Lasher Hall. Lash, Lasher Hall, it's known as now. Um. See here, I lost my place. Excuse me. Um, but uh, it was Kenner who um, pushed for building a new building, which of course occurred uh, just uh, just up the ways a little bit from us. They're at Johnson Road and Thirty Three. Fine looking facility. Um. At the time, it was built to house the most advanced community newspaper technology of the time. And then later was expanded to um, include commercial booklet printing. And it still is a, a very fine facility. Um, let's see here. Born in 1934 son of the late Gordon, and now, forgive me, I have not known his mother's name, Izana, Izoda. Um, he was a 1952 graduate of Athens High School. He went to Colgate University and Harvard. At Harvard, he was in the business school. He served two years in the Army. 
he and his wife Marjean um, were then married. A little interesting factoid here. They were the third couple to be married inside what was then the brand new Galbraith Chapel. Back in 1958. He did work for another uh, large newspaper chain, Gannett Newspapers. He did so in Rochester, New York. But in 1962, he returned to Athens, uh, the family paper. He did so as the assistant publisher and later was named publisher upon his father's death, which occurred in 1965. Uh, during his years in Athens, he was a former trustee of, of both Ohio University and the Ohio University Foundation. He was a member of two presidential search committees. Um... He did num a number of things with the university. And um, then it says, since his retirement, he and his wife endowed the Bush Manessa Cutler Scholar Programs at Ohio University for Athens and Athens County High School grads. And, um, oh, yeah, here. Now, here's an area I worked with him some. Uh, there was an organization known as the Southeast Ohio Council. It was not a formal group. It was just a group of business leaders who came together socially as well as with their skills to uh, propose... Yeah, this is really it's got oh, I, I just went to voicemail okay well you um, you know what that's about yeah okay sorry about that folks um, let's see but uh, there, there was a group called the Southeast Ohio Regional Council which was not a formalized governmental or anything like that it just was a lot of key business people and Kenner was a real leader in that. Uh, so were people like uh, Bob Evans. Yes, the uh, as in Bob Evans restaurant. Dan Evans, his son. My dad, me. And a whole list of others. Many of the names would be very familiar to you. Well, what was this group involved in? Well, just as it says here in Kenner's obit, it says, Long an advocate for better highways to realize a healthier regional economy. Uh, he chaired the Highway Users Committee of the Southeastern Ohio Regional Council for 22 years, campaigning for the completion of the Ohio Appalachian Highway across southern Ohio, as well as upgrading routes 33 and 35 throughout the region. He later represented the area on the Ohio Transportation Review Advisory Council. 
He was also a director and former chairman of the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. And he also participated in some industry organizations, such as the Ohio Newspaper Association. In 1994, Kenner was awarded the Ohio Governor's Award for his leadership in the field of journalism and regional economic development. Now, something I did not know until perhaps a week ago, and I don't know where I've been hiding, did not have learned this. Kenner was a uh, very, well, I like the word they use here, ardent. An ardent photographer. And particularly liked shooting in, in black and white. I have, uh, in the last few days, waiting until I could share this story with you, officially, been observing some of his work his photography, and it is remarkable. Now, when they retired, and the paper uh, was purchased by APG, I think, um, the family spent a great deal of time in Jackson Hole, and you know what my next word's going to be, right? Yep. Wyoming. <laughs> um, and and we, we tease Wyoming a lot. It was where I went to school initially in college. But Jackson Hole is out of this world. It is the Tetons. It is just beautiful. And so uh, I, I would be envious of their enjoying much of their retirement out there. Anyway, Kenner Bush, he will be missed. And um, as I understand it, uh, the, I guess you would call it the burial, has either happened already or is going to happen today. It's a private thing. But there will be, eventually, a memorial service. And that Information will be shared once it's all figured out. And to Marlene, hang in there. That's his wife. Nice family, too. All right. Well, um, good morning, folks. Welcome. I brought in some items today. First of all, of course, I have the um, the COVID report as of 2 o'clock yesterday. But before we get into that, let's, let's do some of our more weird stuff. Um, so today's, you know, every day is national this or national that. So, Scott, I don't know if you've given any of these previously but uh, today, but today is National Grammar Day. Now, Coach Art Turf is particularly good at that. <laughs> In his own special way. Um, grammatically, he is uh, really quite remarkable. <laughs> um, Don so, likes that. 
Don. Don that calls in here. Oh, oh, oh. That says, you know, he, he understands Arcturus lingo. Well, and his you know, language. frankly, I have heard people in Athens that, uh, and I don't mean in Athens, but I mean in this part of the, the world. Region. You know, the more I think about it, I've heard them everywhere in the world talking yeah. like that. Yep. Same here. Excuse me, I just had a sip of coffee. Okay, it's National Sun's Day. We're not talking about the sun in the sky. We're talking about sons, daughters, that sort of thing. National Sun's Day. Yeah. It's National Hug-A-G-I Day. That's a good one. For service women and men. Thank them. Also veterans for their service to our country. I should expect a hug. Sure. Okay. GI. What what you know, all my life I've heard that term. What does it government issue? What what does GI stand for? Well, isn't it general infantryman? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty but, sure it is. Why dig in there? You've got your machine back there. Yeah. See if it um National Hug a GI Day. I think that's what it stands for, is General Infantry. Well, I wasn't. I mean, they use it universally for anyone who's in the service. Yeah. But um, other than basic training, uh, that was the extent of my infantry knowledge. Um, if you know what I mean. Yep. I just always thought it must have meant government issue. Well, they... Verify that. Or did you already? Is it... Yeah, general infantry. General infantry? Yeah, not not gastrointestinal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't think that was. Um, <laughs> but speaking of that, it is National Hospital Hospitalist Day, National Pound Cake Day, and... Marching Music Day. How about that? All right. Okay, here's another meaning of it, too. GI means general issue. I, Okay, I said government issue, but I do think I got it from hearing government issue somewhere along could, the way. Could very well be. Or gen, not general, general issue. Yeah. What does uh, GI mean in GI Joe? Well, most people say the letters GI were a short way to say general issue or, how about this, government issue. Hey! The name came to mean several things. It could mean the soldier himself by World War II. Hmm. Okay. So, hug a GI. Whether they're a government issue, general issue, or what was yours? Uh, general uh, general infantry. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I prefer the prior two. Yeah, they were. There apparently are a lot of different meanings for that. Um, and as as we get older, like I said earlier, that GI meaning comes into more of a play with gastrointestinal. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Issues. 
Thanks for reminding us twice. Well, it's always good to be reminded of some things. <laughs> okay. And then some not. And some not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Historical events uh, for this date. By the way, it's March 4th. I don't think I've even mentioned that yet. I don't know if you did. March 4th, 2021 today. Uh, we go back to the year 1238 when on this very day, the Battle of Sit River where Mongol forces of Batu Khan overcome Russians under Yuri II, ending the Russian resistance. 1801, Thomas Jefferson is the first U.S. president to be inaugurated in Washington, D.C. on this date in 1801. In 1861, Abraham Lincoln is inaugurated as the 16th U.S. President. Okay, AAA, right? Yes. American Automobile Association. That's it. Founded on this date in 1902. And where was it founded? Chicago. A lot of presidential stuff here. The next one is also 1933, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Franklin D. Roosevelt, was inaugurated as the 32nd U.S. president and pledges to pull pull the U.S. out of the Depression. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. How many times have we heard that phrase repeated? Lots. And it's a good one. Yep. And it could mean any number of things, even right now. Yes. 1936, the first flight of the Hindenburg occurred, the airship. Did so in Germany. Now we skip a whole bunch of years and get up to uh, 2009. When the International Criminal Court issues an arrest warrant for um, Omar Hassan al-Bashir, right? The Sudanese president. For war crimes and crimes against humanity in Darfur. Becoming the first sitting head of state to be indicted. That was a big deal. Okay, famous birthdays. Okay. Antonio Vivaldi. Born on this date in 1678, died in 1741. Um, this picture, of course, is many years ago. And uh, he looks, how do I want to put this, rather attractive, but also rather feminine. Um, Anyway, Vivaldi, of course, was a composer. See, Richard DeVos, born in 1926, died, uh, by the way, 1926 on this date. Died in 2018. 
Um, he was the founder of Amway and also uh, a co-owner of the Orlando Magic professional basketball team. I'll be darned. Uh, somehow or other, I had him connected with showbiz in my life. I was trying to think where, but that's I was wrong. Okay, um, let's see. Here's a couple guys that are still alive. Jack Fisher, who was a baseball player for what the New York um, Mets. The Mets, right? Yes. Played uh, from 59 through 69 for. Was he a pitcher or what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he uh, right-handed pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles, San Francisco Giants, New York Mets. Chicago White Sox, and our very own Cincinnati Reds. Boy, he made it around. He did. Anyway, today's his 82nd birthday, and he's alive. Then the youngest person we have to report on is Jason Newstead, N-E-W-S-T-E-D, who uh, appears to be singing in some performance. He's, this is his 58th birthday. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's a founding member of... Uh, well, heavy metal, rock metal band Metallica. Uh-huh. Two famous deaths to report. Talk about a difference in the two people, though. <laughs> okay. First we have John Candy. Oh, yes. I've never, I don't think I, I've seen a movie that he was in that I didn't thoroughly enjoy. Oh, same here. He was so funny. Uh, He died in 1994 on this date. He was a whopping 44 years of age. Uh, Born in 1950. Um, And he's wearing um, um, like a tux here. Like he was at one of those... um, Award show or something like that. Yeah. Now, the other famous death we have to report... Look at this picture. (laughs) <laughs> that, that is a bit of a contrast. Uh, this guy, yeah. yes. um, <laughs> Saladin, S-A-L-A-D-I-N. They don't know his birth date, but they do know he died in 1193. This guy, when you look at him, you go, holy cow. Okay, what's his thing? Yeah, we think... Uh, hairstyles are a little bit different today. I don't know if that's a hairstyle or uh, something else on top of the head. Some kind of, I don't know, cloth getup. He was a sultan of Egypt. He was born in 1138, according to what I'm seeing. The first sultan of Egypt and Syria. He looks like he's 119 years old, and they say he only lived 50-some years. Yeah, at least 119. Looks like he might have been mummified and unwrapped and recycled. He's got quite a picture there. I guess so. Do you have any over there? Does he look equally weird? Um, No, not like that. Okay, okay. He's still got that turban on top or whatever whatever it's put those referred to. Okay. Well, it looks like uh, that, you know, the the hats that the court jesters wear like that one. 
mm. except it's like spiked up on top of the head. And he doesn't look happy. No, it's probably hurting his head. <laughs> probably a little pain there involved in the cranial area. Let's move into uh, some other stuff. So, uh, COVID, let's do our report. Uh, yesterday, no, no, two days ago, we did Ohio and Athens. Uh, I've got the full report up to date today. Um, and I do note different things that I think are very positive steps. Uh, but we mustn't give up. We must push through on the uh, vaccinations. Let's see, a week from today, I get my second shot. So does Pat. Um, and, of course, now we got the Johnson & Johnson rolling out, which is single shot. All right, let's, let's just get into it. Let's start with Athens. Let me get my eyes adjusted right here. Okay, so... Um, active cases. No, no, no. We'll do total cases. Um... On Monday we or on Sunday we had four thousand six hundred and thirty one cases. On Monday we have forty six thirty seven. On Tuesday forty six forty four. And yesterday forty six fifty. That means we six cases were um, Monday we had six new cases seven on Tuesday and six again on Wednesday. That's that's good stuff, folks. Those numbers are down, you know, because we were in the high teens daily. Nevertheless, okay, so those are cases that we've had. Now, what about active cases? Okay, so... Um, Yesterday, we are up to 367 active cases. Um, you know, a, a week or two ago, we were in the 400s. So again, good, good progress. Hospitalizations. Uh, we have had 165 all week long so far. Now, that doesn't mean the same 165. It can mean one of the new cases was serious, so they went into that. But someone that had been in there now is down in um, maybe recovering at home. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so there's some churn there. But basically, 165 have been in the hospital. Um different people throughout the week. Uh, recovered. When we started the week, there were 4,257 recoveries. We're now at 4,316. Um, you know, that's, that's progress. Now, this vaccinations, this is really interesting. 
By the way, Monday we had 33 deaths so far since this all began in our county. Then it jumped to 47 on Tuesday and remained so yesterday. I think there was some statistic, and there was an explanation. It's just I never was provided with it. Uh, why there was a jump? There was some some group or chart or something that they had not included, and that's why there was a jump. But uh, you know, generally speaking, we've leveled off our our death rate tremendously. Wasn't it something to do with, uh, I'm guessing, nursing homes reporting those? Well, that was a bigger jump, and it was um, a week and a half ago. Yeah. There was was something additional to that? Maybe so. Okay. Okay, vaccinations. Um, Basically, it's 89. Um, it would appear that this week's less far. Now, tomorrow's a big day for vaccination, so is Friday. But so far this week, there's been about 160 vaccinations um, occur. But they have the big ones on Thursdays and Fridays, typically. So that number will go up significantly here. Um, in the next two days. Athens County. Okay, state of Ohio. As of yesterday, there have been 972,605 cases. Now, 2022 were new yesterday. Active cases right now stand at 56,013. There are 7,174 people in an ICU unit, 43,439 just in a regular hospital room, so to speak. Um... Well, I've got a bad, well, okay. Uh, It appears to me that there are about 19, about 19,000 are recovering at home. Now, the big figure, always a great figure, 916,592 are recovered. Vaccinations. On Monday, we had 16, I'm sorry, 1,654,000. By Tuesday, we had added... Well, I'm going to say about 30,000 vaccines. By Tuesday, we had added 
almost 40,000 vaccines. And by yesterday, we had added about 30,000 more. So the total vaccinated in the state of Ohio at this moment, 1,759,459 people. That's 15% of our population for the state. Keep it up. It's good. Those are good numbers. United States. Um, we had, um, as of yesterday, 29,395,000 cases. Five hundred and twenty-nine thousand had died. Even though I said 29 million had had it. Um, Nineteen thousand nine hundred and twenty-eight thousand have recovered. Which the difference is those that are active. So it's 8,900,000 are active. So those numbers... Also showing some improvement. In the world, uh, I'll, I'll let that go if it's all right with you. Because um, there are places in the world where it just is barely touching anybody. So the, the, the world numbers are a little misleading. And yet there are countries that are in terrible shape. And then there are some that are like, had been in bad shape, but are just really were able to clobber it. And an example I like to cite is Israel. They have um, just dramatically, I mean, they, they've vaccinated, it's like 90% of their population. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's a, a pretty good amount. Okay, Um, well, with that having all been said, we have about 10 minutes left. I brought in a report that just was produced this morning. The safest states during COVID-19. Now, they had, this is an updated report. They've produced this twice before, once when it was early on, once midway, and once now, and they'll probably do yet one more toward the end of this pandemic. So let me read some of the intro. As the U.S. works to get the COVID-19 pandemic under control, staying safe is one of Americans' top concerns. Safety is also essential for getting the economy back on track. As the lower COVID-19 transmission and deaths are in a state, the more that state is able to eliminate restrictions on businesses. We'll only be able to get fully back, to get full, to fully get back to life as normal once most of the vax, most of the, once most of the population is vaccinated. Well, that was hard for me to say. And it will still be months before we can achieve that. 
what does uh, President Biden say, May? I think so. But there's others that wonder if that's possible. We'll see. The U.S. is off to a slow start so far as only 7.9% of the population has been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. That is to say, received both doses. Okay, so as I mentioned, I'm in the vaccination process, but not fully done yet. The second shot is a week from today. Okay, some states are already safer than others, though, based on how well they have kept the pandemic under control and how much they are vaccinating. In order to find out the safest states during the COVID-19 pandemic, Wallet Hub compared the 50 states and the District of Columbia across five key metrics. Those uh, data sets include the rates of COVID-19 transmission, positive testing, hospitalizations, and, of course, deaths, as well as the share of eligible population getting vaccinated. So here we go. I hate to always do this to you, Scott, but you're used to it. <laughs> what you, do you think? You never get uh, used to it, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what state do you think is the safest? Uh, let's see. I'll say, hmm. Alaska. You're correct. Really? 80.14 is their score. I, I didn't even look at that. Coming in second, Hawaii. Third, North Dakota. Fourth, New Mexico. Fifth, excuse me, I burped. Fifth was South Dakota. Sixth, Minnesota. Seventh, Montana. Eighth, Oregon. Ninth, Vermont. And tenth, Iowa. Okay, what do you think's the worst? Oh, I mm. uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Too, I want to say Utah, Idaho. No, let me see here. I'm scanning. Um, well, well let me just answer the question. Okay, first. Virginia is the worst. Oh, at thirty fifty first. Just better, Georgia, than New York, than the District of Columbia, State of Delaware, New Jersey, Texas, Florida, South Carolina, Alabama. Those are the bottom ten. Now, Ohio. And I'm always, you hear me whenever I do these reports, often say I'm, I'm never too disappointed to be in the middle. We are. We're 32nd. Uh, you mentioned Utah. They are 31st. Let's see here. We should pick out our neighboring states. So West Virginia is 18th. Not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. Let's see. What's the other one? Oh, Kentucky. Da, 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 da. Kentucky is 37th. Indiana? 27th. Pennsylvania? And you keep pushing me here. Yeah. 34th. We're going to do it up. 34th. 34th. You want to do Michigan too? Sure. Why not? I didn't want to overload you there. 21st. 
Okay, so I don't know if that you were able to follow that, but anyway, you get the point, I guess. Now, let's see here. Who has the highest vaccination rate of all the states? It's Alaska, which is why they're leading the pack, right, in terms of safety. Who has the worst, lowest vaccination rate? D.C. And, of course, they're pretty low on the list overall. They're 48th (coughs) there and 51st in vaccination rate. Okay, lowest positive testing rate, Hawaii. Worst positive testing rate, or highest, I should say, not worst, although it is the worst. Yeah. New Jersey. And by the way, there's a 10-time difference between them. What about hospitalization rates? Hawaii has the lowest, New York the highest. Death rate, Arkansas is number one. Virginia is, I'm sorry, Arkansas has the least, followed by Hawaii and so on. Uh, Virginia has the highest. Lowest transmission rate. Let's see. What? Let me see if they give a definition. Of this. Estimates the average number of people to whom an infected person will transmit COVID-19. Okay, well, anyway, they say the lowest is Arkansas and the highest is Wyoming. any points we may have missed <clears throat> well while you're looking at that i just found a little bit more info about is israel's vaccination rate and their success uh their population is like nine million and uh they've injected inoculated more than 4.6 million with at least the first injection the fastest of any country and more than 3.3 million have gotten both shots so if you add that together you get 8 million out of the 9 million. Now, it goes on to say Pfizer has guaranteed a steady supply of vaccine doses for Israel in exchange for access to anonymous data from medical files kept on almost every Israeli, which has allowed scientists from universities, the health ministry, and Pfizer to track the vaccine's impact with unprecedented speed. So that's why they're doing so well. They're getting lots of vaccinations and vaccines provided to them. We've got about a minute. Um, There's four questions that we came up with here. What measures can people take to ensure safety in their communities and contribute to the overall path to recovery in their state? Just follow what the people say. Mask up, get your vaccines, um, social distance, all that stuff. Wash your hands. Number two, what role does the media play in educating the public when it comes to vaccination hesitancy? That's hard to say. Um, all of these are good. Yeah. I don't think there should be any hesitancy. 
I'm a media guy. I'm saying I don't want to alarm you. Get vaccinated. How can the federal government help states increase vaccination rates? Pitching it, pitching it, pitching it, pitching it. And with that said, we're out of time. Have a wonderful day out there. We'll wrap up the week tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Cammie McCormick. The U.S. Capitol is surrounded by heavy security this morning after more threats. CBS News correspondent Chris Van Cleve is there. A federal intelligence bulletin warned a group of militia violent extremists discussed plans to take control of the U.S. Capitol and remove Democratic lawmakers on or about March 4th. Acting Capitol Police Chief Yogananda Pittman briefed lawmakers. We know that the threats are through the roof. Facebook confirms it is monitoring efforts to attempt or coordinate actions tied to a QAnon conspiracy theory that former President Trump will rise to power today. Despite weeks of harsh lockdowns, COVID cases are on the rise in Europe again. The World Health Organization's Hans Kluge. You're seeing a resurgence in Central and Eastern Europe. New cases are also on the rise in several Western European countries. Here at home, more states are opening up vaccine appointments to teachers. Finally, it's happening. I mean, we've been asking for this for weeks. That English teacher in Massachusetts and Texas, this science teacher got her shot. I started ugly crying. (laughs) It was really exciting. California will begin setting aside 40% of all vaccine doses for the most at-risk neighborhoods. In Alabama, the governor could allow the mask mandate to expire. Dan Williamson of the Hospital Association thinks doing away with it would send the wrong message. Instead of hearing it as, we now need you to use your common sense and continue to wear a mask, continue to social distance, they will hear it as, we have beat the virus 